The following Roadshow podcast contains strong language and listener discretion is advised. Rowers tend to use invective and colourful language to explain even the simplest points. This Roadshow podcast is no exception. Welcome to The Roadshow. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role in South Africa. Compassion. Great passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to our Olympic madness episode and my word do we have a lot to talk about today um it's good to be back uh i think a big shout out to james and our what he did for our show whilst we were gone but it's good to be back so it's myself lawrence Britton, and with me jake green as always uh like lawrence said you know it's it's nice to be here talking again and, and getting another episode for all the folks out there and yeah thanks a lot for the support of the um, over the last couple of weeks and then James who's also actually joining us in studio today you know just wrapping things up with us cont- keeping that continuity James you've been a superhero thanks a lot for helping us out while we were overseas and, and racing at the games welcome to the show again it's been uh, it's been really fun to, to to keep it alive through the games while you guys have been out uh, living the dream there in Tokyo um, and obviously things have heated up a lot since we spoke uh, last Sunday um, it's been exactly a week since we spoke, and I feel like it's been a lifetime. Uh, the amount of drama we've had and the amount of excitement out there on the water. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Well, sure. So, I think to start off, uh, we're going to just uh, have to talk a little bit about our own regatta, So, which is a little tough. I mean, it didn't go anywhere to, to plan and, and not far from, from what we expected going in. And I think uh, maybe that's all... Obviously, we're going to have to sit down as a crew and sit down in the team and, and kind of dissect it a bit. So we don't have the answers at the moment, but we definitely expect it to, to do a little bit better. And we obviously just uh, made a few mistakes going in. And in, uh, in my opinion, I think we just overcooked ourselves a little bit. And, you know, by the time racing started, we were dishing up times that were so far off what we were doing, you know, even a week before in training. So it's really tough. And obviously, we don't know exactly what happened, what went wrong and going to take a, a little bit of looking in the mirror and soul searching to get over that regatta but yeah I think uh, it was pretty tough for us hey Jake yeah I know it was a tough regatta like Lawrence said um, you maybe the most disappointing thing for me is is actually not just being able to put out a good performance just on your on your, on, on, on like an individual basis going out there having a good race and saying regardless of the results and you know I had I just gave myself everything and at least you know, you can walk back away with a good performance. And I've always said in the past, like, you know, regardless of results, it's when you do have a good performance, there's like that in itself is, is a massive reward because you spend so many months training and, and hurting yourselves. And then to be able to not produce something that uh, that is worthy of what you've done is is, is hella disappointing and upsetting. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's only, you know, we, we back in SA and we definitely thought it was definitely worth just mentioning it out there to the listeners. Obviously, you guys are clued into what we do um so yeah that was a bit of a balls up but there's only so much wallowing and sorrow that you can go through and thankfully we're back on top i have regained my sense of humor just uh, a lot of the patrons have said like 
tops up to you two guys for like putting out like those diaries uh, uh, before um, it really gave good insight into like an athlete's mind moving in and like the positivity and stuff you had and I think that's where a lot of the shock came as we were all on board with the journey and you guys would seem to be going really well so yeah of course a hard place and not something it's easy to talk about um I have some questions on Tokyo if we can um, uh, I w- before we get into that I was just going to say like for me it highlighted how close the, the once you get to the games how brutal it is and how close everyone is and you know we saw this you know we had that that those the first two days where we were disappointed it felt like our world was over but then you know watching the rest of the racing so many people's wo- worlds were over by the end of the regatta you know it's mm. you know one small mistake and you know ours maybe happened a bit earlier in the training and stuff building up but you know one small mistake on the track one minuscule error and it can absolutely destroy your regatta and, and not only in the rowing and just in the Olympic Games in general, you know, the margins between the absolute glory, the gold and the, the, the bliss and the disappointment is, you know, is an, is such a small margin and mm. it's almost intangible. And I think that's what I really realized by the end of the regatta is that, you know, everyone is putting it out there. And if you make the smallest mistake, you can just kind of end the whole five-year cycle. Yeah, no, it's it's part of the parcel. I think that's you know, with many things in life, that's what makes the the Olympics and that those Olympic medals, especially those Olympic medals, so sought after and like such a massive boon once you get hold of them because of that that um, whole spectrum of you know walking the touchline. And James, you've been on both sides of you know that touchline, just missing out on a medal in in Rio, and then obviously going on to grab a fantastic gold medal. So you, out of all of us, know you know the most about that that whole teetering process and you know the spectrum of good, good and bad. Yeah, so having got it right, and uh, I just like to say got it wrong, but fourth place isn't exactly getting it wrong. Yeah. Um, but if the margins are minute. I think with reflection onto my two Olympics, it's just so simple. Like we were going better in Rio. We were actually faster. We were physically better. And our boat, we had had a better last six weeks. And we made a small technical error and we got punished for it. You know, Ours was a minute error um, and w- we got punished. doesn't matter if you make a big error or small error, you get punished at the Olympic Games for your mistakes. Um, but more importantly, it's because the stakes is high, everybody's on form. And it's just a fantastic that our sport has that pinnacle, has that one thing every four years that's just is so worth winning that everybody is all in on there. I'm so glad that we have the pinnacle and it's not like one of the sports like soccer where the top guys aren't there or the, it isn't the most important thing in the cycle. It is abundantly clear to everybody in world rowing the most important race to win is the Olympic Games. Mm. And there are uh, a couple of events and if it's not an Olympic boat class, it's not an Olympic boat class. It's not the same. So no. it's just fantastic that we have that and it's probably the the best part of our sport is that we have that singular pinnacle and world champs are cool. Winning a world champs is rad, but it's not their games. Not, not the same. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I mean, and my word was that racing. Oh. Unbelievable. I, d- I just want to say right off the bat here, for me personally, this has been the best Olympics from a racing point of view. Obviously, there's been a lot of cr- crazy shit happening, but from a spectator, I was a big spectator here, but a, as a spectator watching the racing, it was the best quality of racing that I've seen. Look so, at, yeah. I've I've obviously just, I've spectated this whole games and I was very disappointed not to be on a flight to Tokyo because we were booked and obviously the spectators got blocked. Um, we have watched as much of it as we can from the bad time zone. We have been committed and um, my wife Carolyn is a big throwing fan and sports fan and we've watched this, the amount of sport. I don't I never realized as an athlete like the amount of sport going on is just like 
unimaginable. Like you just cannot keep up with the amount of sports. So even beyond rowing, the sport has just been spectacular. And then the rowing has just been ridiculously on another level. I really took pace second half of the week trying to wake up at like <laughs> three in the morning. I'm not going to lie. We really battled uh, coming into the last few days of finals. But what a spectacular couple of events. Yeah, and I think Japan has done a seriously good job of hosting the games. I mean, I know they've had so much trauma. They had to postpone the games. They had to cancel all the spectators. They you know, had all the, the protests and the COVID stuff in, in Japan, uh, in their public. So there was a lot of pressure, I think, on them to deliver games. And from us, from the Olympic kind of feel was unbelievable. I thought they'd execute a really mm. good thing, you know, and they'd put in those pla- those measures of, uh, you know, the COVID and the, all that other, the protocols and stuff. And I think they they did it to the best of their ability and they, they managed to to execute a good games where they haven't been... You know, I feel like COVID hasn't been the biggest story of the games. Yeah. Um, which I think is the most is the most important. You know, if there were lots of crews that were missing because of COVID or there were lots of, you know, kind of COVID complications, it would have taken away from the quality of the, the actual sport. And I feel like they've managed to to overcome that. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, you know, when you said that, you know, COVID wasn't the, the focus of the regatta, the rowing regatta, then that's a hundred percent true. I I thought the just being there, I thought the the effort that they put in, and also the, just the volunteers, you never got a sense that you know they were there and, and they didn't want to be there. Although they were like, you know, there were there was a s- slight sense of animosity towards the athletes, kind of like, you know, this is COVID, you guys shouldn't be here. But the the volunteers did a fantastic job. They want us were there. You could see they wanted us there, and they wanted us to have the best experience possible and the most seamless experience. And they did a fantastic job. And I must say at the you know the the Olympic Village, the vibe was you know didn't really feel like there was there's a dampening on the vibe, and also at the rowing course, you know it was you know besides the fact that you know I feel like everyone's kind of got used to the, the whole mask wearing stuff, so it was it was a really good regatta from that point of view of of how they operated it. Definitely super top tier professionalism, and uh, yeah, I thought they did a fantastic job. So I have a question on like the the vibe in Tokyo. So Lawrence, you've been to one game as a spectator and now two games as an athlete. So maybe you'll be best positioned to answer it. I felt at both my games, like the local culture was amazing and you really got like a local flavor. Like the Brazil game was very different to the, the British games, but they were both amazing in their way. And you got the local culture like, was threaded through the whole event is how I felt. But because you guys were siloed into the Olympic Village and there was really no exiting that village and there were no spectators and um, in in the venues, was it a little bit like a regatta in a place or was it like clearly like this is a Japan um, event? Was there that Japanese flavor to it? Yeah, so I would say there was that, that element was missing a little bit because we were so in the village uh, locked in there and there's no like outside interaction i mean you could have been anywhere in the world i think and you would have been in the village and you would have gone to the rowing course and done the the rowing and it wouldn't you wouldn't have really had like we didn't really experience tokyo at all we didn't experience the the japanese people you know we didn't have any of those spectators at the at the village i mean at the any of the events and it was really sad you know we'd drive on the 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 bus route to from the village to the course you know we're passing tennis we're passing uh skateboarding and bmx and stuff and all the grandstands are there, empty. all set up yeah. and just empty. And I, I thought that was really sad. It would have been really cool to even just have a couple of the Japanese uh, population able to to come in. And I, you know, I don't really understand why. I feel like they could have put measures in place. You know, all the soccer events, all the Formula One and stuff. They're putting in these, uh, you know, protocols. Almost like getting on a flight. Like you have to have the COVID test. You have to do this, and then you can come and actually watch the the events. 
And I thought maybe there could have been a little bit of that because I think it would have changed the events a lot. And, you know, rowing is not a big one on the, the like, spectator. Like, if you racing and, and there's, there's not really a huge amount of impact that the crowd makes, you know. I mean, even London where the crowd was absolutely insane, I f- still feel like it's not quite the same as being in a, in a stadium or something. So mm. I can imagine at the athletics or something, it's way amplified, really, uh, not having those, those spectators there. But I mean, from the village, I mean, the village was set up to the T. I mean, the Japanese uh, people are are just so thorough and so precise and stuff, and you could really get that feeling. So, the, you know, the village ran super smoothly. Uh, you know, all the COVID tests and stuff, everything, all the like processes were just smooth and and done really, really mm. well. And yeah, I mean, we had a very um, good time. And we also had that that camp before. Uh, we were up in in Toyama. And we that maybe we had a bit more experience yeah, of Japan more of a there. Cultural experience there. The you know the the family that was looking after us at the hotel like really put effort in. They were you know and the community was really proud to have people at racing at the games, training at their in their little spot in in Japan. And I think they they kind of try to make us feel a little more mm. um, part of Japan. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, but I think let's dig in to this regatta because there is. So much to talk about. There is a lot. So I want to start off with our race of the regatta. So I think we're going to start off with you, Jake. And what is your number one performance or race of the regatta? If you could only ever watch one more race, um, which one are you going to choose? Okay. As the best race of the regatta, the performance is a separate thing, but the best race of the regatta, anyone that's been listening to the podcast for a while knows exactly what I'm about to say. There's only <laughs> Don't one Don't take event. my pick. Don't take the my pick. Lightweight women's double. <laughs> oh, it much. has to be the lightweight women's double. The, gladiati- the gladiator event of the last Olympiad delivered with the most brutal racing at this regatta. I could not believe. If you look at the times of the final, you will not find... I find all that close in times. And like, you know, we, we we were missing the New Zealand double from 2019, so it opens up the event way more. So, you know, a lot of crews can put up their hands. And like I've said, the whole the whole cycle, they've been s- crews constantly switching up on the modal metal podium. And oh. the Dutch definitely put their hands up as favorites after breaking the record. But boom, a crab in the last, right at the end of the race, last 100 meters right before the line and it took away their gold medal all the way down to bronze it was i mean and that's one of the reasons why i'm going to struggle to watch this race again because it was heartbreaking for me like i i really was backing the dutch i thought that they were the best crew at the regatta and you know there were probably eight crews there that could have medaled yeah and the dutch put out the absolute best possible 1950 meters that any crew could have done you know they had a good start they put it out there in the second 500, starting to creep away, laid it out the third 500 to just get that little bit of an advantage. You know, coming through the 1500, it was clearly them up one canvas, everyone else in the race for kind of second. Not this, I mean, obviously it's close. Everyone can, can yeah. make the change, but they'd just squeeze themselves up a little bit. And then to have them sprinting in the lead, going for this last, you know, five strokes and then to to make the mistake and for them to to lose the gold was brutal and i think if they hadn't won the bronze medal they got the fourth because they only got four uh second i mean third by 0.01 i mean that's just luck i mean that's the same margin that they gave damia and um 
and uh, Mahe. And Mahe. Was that 0-0-1? No, I think it was 0-0-1. But, but ne- needless to say, that's still flipping close. If they had got a bronze me- if they had missed out on the podium there, I think I might have cried. But yeah. I think the the British were like so unlucky to get to miss that bronze in that situation. Like they no, were no, charging no. at the line. Well, they do. If I'm not mistaken, they they do leave with the world record. So it's probably the the the, the consolation prize for the um for, for their fourth place. But they had a great race, and the conditions obviously breaking the world record mean they're good in the tailwind, and they put together a good race. And just like there's the Olympic anti, bam, right at yeah. you. But um, I mean, I just want to, I just really want to highlight you. I mean, like, you know, I'm not a numbers guy, but looking at the numbers is not the numbers guy. The Italy won with a 647.54. Fifth place, USA, 648.54, exactly one second. Five places in one second. That's ridiculous. Separating medals. I mean, the Italy won, won in, were champions in the event of champions. I screamed at my TV, uh, like at the time it was happening, I screamed at my TV and the first thing I shouted is, why would you take this out of the Olympics? Yeah. Why would you want this event to disappear? Like oh. it is, like all three of us are like, I don't know, Lawrence hasn't given his pick. The Lady Women's Double was my pick of the race of the weekend. But like, wow, just the Lady Women's Double delivers again. I think the Lady Men's Double was a good race. Um, and it was amazing to see the Germans come through, but it wasn't in the same World of an event. It was the a great race between two people, but it wasn't the same as a lady women's mm. double. This event is, I mean, as Jake said, we've, this has been the event to watch the whole cycle and it delivered with, you know, pizzazz on the day. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, and, and also, I mean, I guess I'm super upset that the, the Dutch, I feel like they were the best crew and they missed out. But for the Italians to win, it was in, that is so epic. You know, that's the first Italian women's gold medal at the in rowing. Which is madness when you think about the powerhouse federation. Yeah. And you know, it was so cool seeing them win because I was on the, the, the stands watching that day. And like when they sang the anthem, all the Italians who were in the grandstands were singing. You it, you can't you couldn't hear another. You know, they, they don't. No one's singing on the the music. You know, it's just music uh, playing the anthem. And other other all the other podiums and uh, and anthems, you can't hear what the what the anthem is. Italy came on. Everyone is belting it out so proud and just like insane. Uh, so I thought that was really, really cool for, for them to win. And as you say, the this, this sport is so brutal and you have to get everything right. And mm. in the lightweight event, you have to get it all right to the absolute best you can possibly do to even give yourself a shot. Yeah, it was really cool for me because I actually raced Red Bull XO Valentine. Um, Valentine. Uh, she coxed us um, and she ran away from me at one stage. I was suffering after the first 10K row and she managed to outrun me. So she's a serious athlete carrying blades. Um, but it was just awesome to someone you've raced with before to see win an Olympic goal like that yeah. um, and just to have come through so fast. It's, it's just amazing. But I think it's a special, special story for Italian women's rowing, of course. I just like like you said there, James. You know, you know, I I do understand the, I kind of do understand the logic and the reasoning behind like the whole the lightweight phasing out the lightweight thing, but how can you like you said if an event puts this kind of quality out there from a spectator point of view, this event if you if you just take the value on rowing based off the spectator value, this event has been carrying the 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 rowing. I mean, the lightweight women's double is ridiculous, and the lightweight men's double. I mean, not quite as much as this, but it's like, it's just, I can't understand why they would face this out. <laughs> it blows my mind. But it's consistency, which is amazing. Like, if, I, I think they should take, like, a, you'd say you're not a numbers guy. I think if they went back and did, like, 
how tight are the top three places and the top five places and go and look which has made the best racing. Wow, we know where this Olympiad would finish. We know yeah. it would be the lightweight women's double. But so, we do have Paris to come for lightweights, so let's let's not sing their farewell just yet. We'll we'll do that yeah. next time around. So I think the the lighty women's double I think is is probably the the pick as well. But I think I'm going to come in with a more spicy pick and go with the men's single skull. Men's oh, single skulls because boy. because it was it there was just so much action. The whole regatta from the freaking heats, which were, you know, like often those heats are, are just processions and, and you know, not seeing it. You know, we needed to see people come down the track, see how they were going to deal with it. You know, Damian Martin coming back on form for the, the Olympic Games. You know, he hasn't had, basically hasn't had one good race since yeah. uh, Rio. And now he managed to to come out and, and, and nail it. You could it. see his reaction after the semifinal. He was, so he was chuffed. chuffed to make the final. Yeah, yeah. He was like you, super chuffed. You could see it. You cannot see... He was celebrating more than some of the people in other events that won the gold medal. You could yeah. see how, but you could see, like, how you, to his core, his the f- how happy he was with that bronze medal. Yeah. You can see that he was he knew that how much he was an outside shot and how how much he had struggled with injuries. But I think to to interrupt you, you you just said how he, he was so chuffed in the semi. The semis at this games, I mean, we've you we've always said in 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 just like on the show and stuff is that you have to be in the final to to win the medals you have to give yourself a shot and for for this the semi-final is so big because you cannot win anything from the b final and how many upsets did we see in the semi-finals where crews that should have been in the a final Didn't make coming it. up short or making mistakes or getting put under pressure by other people and you know it was the semi-finals were brutal so making it into that A final is number one job done because the 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 the, the devastation of the B final is is so real. I mean, uh, before we get to to the champion, let's just talk about Ali. Yeah. I mean, number oh. one uh, C going in could no one could have put him as not the favorite for the regatta. Mm. And I mean, we knew that the water was going to be rough and it was gonna. Um, you know, put him under a bit of pressure and I thought maybe he would struggle to win on the, the final day, but no part of me thought he was going to miss out on the final. And he is rowing so much better in the in the rough water. I mean, if this was uh, in 2019, there's no way he would have even been a feature. Whereas here, he gave himself the absolute best shot and then it was like the slow burn of the last 500 meters where he just lost out that place. And, oh, man, that was yeah. hard. But I don't think he looked that, like, he just lo- missed the spark in, like, before it was rough in that semifinal. He was really, like, yeah. just looked tight. And he, he just, at no point that from the beginning of the semifinal, I was like, this is dangerous. Like, it doesn't look like he's going to do this. And, you, I mean, I also feel bad. Like, do you think there was an element of him struggling to, you know, like the, the mental side of it? You know, everyone saying, oh, Ollie needs can't row in the wind you know Ollie Ollie always struggles in the r- wind and now it's starting to be windy so you know maybe the mental element of like him trying to like oh I need to go prove it that I can row in the wind or I yeah. need to uh, the wind is now that's my weakness or something you know maybe there's a mental side of it that is that that played its its effect in the first half of the race but oh man my that's another event I he cried in when I watched him miss it because also yeah. other events that were the, the upsets the big crab you know like it shocks the the race and they 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 slip back quickly. Whereas this was just like the slow, painful burn, and then to freaking lose to Russia was just so upsetting as well. Because yeah. I mean, if Oli was in the final, that's the full house. You know, that would have just been the absolute titans of this year, uh, this cycle's rowing in one race, and just 
um, laying it out. And we, you know, we also missed we missed other people. I mean, Robbie Manson. This would have been ideal conditions for him. Oh man, he would I, have been thriving. Now I know. I just want to now that we've mentioned Robbie Manson, I I have something to say about Oli. But I know we were still to speak about the champion later. But watching Stefanos row, I looked at him rowing, and I'm like, there's two people I'm seeing here in one athlete. One of them reminds me of uh, is is Robbie Manson. The second one is Zeno Muller. <laughs> I saw him racing. I'm like, it's Zeno and Robbie. Like when Robbie, especially towards the end of the race, just the raw, like the, his ability to jack the race up, the way he's demonstrated that in so many races, the Greek scholar could see that. And like Zeno's just pure psycho pulling hard, just brutality. You saw that as well in the in the Greek scholar. But it's the temper of the of the double. When you start seeing guys row and you're like looking at them, you're like, I'm watching a double row here. Like the tempo, the rhythm, everything. Yeah. And there's guys hauling a single along at that. And mm. anyone who's rowed a single knows that those two things don't just happen. No, they don't. So now we're on to Stefanos. And I mean, honestly, what a legend. But we've got to talk about his history because I mean, first of all, he was not a favorite. No. He was an out, he was like a shot at the A final if you really, really look into the, the data and the build-up to the regatta, like he was starting to show some good form, so it was kind of looking like he should make the A final, but it wasn't like done deal, you know? And this guy has raced the lightweight men's four in Rio when I think he was 19 years old when 19, he did that. Yeah. So And then he's... But the lightweights are good, eh? You see he's a second... No, the second place. <laughs> second That's got to stand up for us. <laughs> Second place at under 23s in 2019. And yeah. fifth and fifth in the B final in the in the world champs. And he had to qualify through Europeans. Although even in 2019, we were looking, I look back, and you know, he led the semi-final, A B semi-final to the twelve hundred meter mark um in 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 twenty nineteen. In Linz. Of the in, qualifiers. Yeah, of the qualifiers. Oh. So, you know, they, there's a glimmer of like, oh, he has this kind of speed and he, he doesn't know how to move the boat and stuff. So it's just kind of putting that puzzle piece together. And man, he just put it all together on the, the racing. And like, what is also awesome is like a lot of scholars, you know, if someone goes out there quickly, you're going to think, oh, you know, this is not going to last. Yeah. Especially someone that's on the fringe of like, you know, he's not a favorite. And then for him to go out and then he just hit that speed and then he just managed to to hold the hold the legs, hold the rowing, hold the the kind of intensity and just keep that uh, moving up on on everyone else. So what an absolute legend, Olympic champion. And I, I love the fact that he was a lightweight. I yeah. mean the fact that he was a lightweight and he's obviously not not the biggest guy. Winning the men's single skulls. I like mean, this is the event that's the gladiator event, the heavyweight. The, the heavyweight. The, the biggest guys are in this event. Yeah, I mean, Oli is the biggest rower in the at the regatta, probably. Except for the Italian young scholar as well. Yeah, he's tall, but like Oli is just a machine though, yeah. as well. And like, oh. But you know, you just feel like this guy got the perfect storm. He got his form right. He got the conditions. Like the conditions have to, I don't think if that wind was blowing the other direction, he's, I don't even know if he's making the final. Like, he yeah, just no, got he got his dream conditions on the day, and he got his biggest like his first big win, like right on there on his conditions on like what suited him, and he made it count. You know, anyone can say all oh, the conditions, but he made it count when he got the conditions. When the when all the parts lined up for him, he just and he w it wasn't even question. He destroyed that final. Yeah, so and yeah, I I I mean, going back to what I said earlier, it's like you know we we watched the cycle, and at the beginning of the cycle, obviously Robbie was a huge name, setting the world record, and you know, he he was definitely someone that you know you you would want to see racing at the Olympics. 
And in a sense, I feel like he there's almost some sort of like passing of the torture from like one scholar with a certain, you know, DNA passing on to a, a similar kind of scholar. You know, Robbie's not the biggest guy. But we're going to see this now, I think, because Robbie was hitting something that like not other scholars were doing. And now we've seen someone else yes. come in and row that kind of tempo and, and uh, uh, like, you know, almost like a lightweight style and taking it and beating the, 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 the big guys, you know, but the strong guys. So I think we're going to see this carry on. And now let's, and also Chittel Borsch, Coming in with the, the the silver medal, also just absolutely Fantastic. awesome and completely different style. Completely different style. But gee, he rose. Uh, he takes book growing. I yeah. mean, it's, I think it's if so you, good. His he's probably if you wanted to if you were coaching someone and you wanted to show them how to yeah. roll a single, you're gonna show Chetel. So I want to talk about now because like uh, so Chetel is one of the people that managed to to medal in Rio, medal here. And what are the other uh, big events where people managed to to double up the medal? And I think for me, the next one that jumps straight into my mind is the tail, um, is the Irish in the lighty double, men's double. Mm. Because, you know, they came away with the, the silver in, in Rio and super chuffed, the two brothers, unknown, first uh, medal for, for Ireland. And now being able to carry that on, you know, change of, of crew, but then to, to, to go one, f- one better, get the gold. I mean, that's kind of fairy tale stuff. Yeah, I think these guys are pretty. They're a class act, and I, I, I think um, the Donovan brothers are both like physical a- a animals. Um, but obviously, like the change of the crews also was controversial along the way, and they've just like made that work. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've, they've just like been so consistent through the games. Um, and they've had other other teams coming at them the whole time. It hasn't just been like a two horse race. No. Um, and the Germans towards the end of the cycle started to come at them, and that German crew. Like that was a class paddle. I, I feel they put together, and I feel, I feel like they both put on their best race. Yeah, that's what was sure. so good about watching the lighting men's doubles. We're watching two crews at the absolute best, putting on their absolute best. No mistakes, no missed strokes, no um, you know, kind of holding back at any point. It was like you have to put out your absolute best. And you have to get it right, otherwise the other person is going to win. And they were those two, the, the Irish and the Germans. They were. In a in the final at least they did definitely separated themselves. Yeah. They 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 were a super classy act and you know I think you know and I mean massive shout out to Fintan like uh, Fintan coming into the the lighty double there, you know to to definitely make the boat go faster. I think the the Irish lighty double at the moment you know that race at the games was flipping a class. There's act. no doubt they were faster. Like yeah. it wasn't a change in field or something like that. They were man fast. Like the the part that I like in the race, if you go watch again, is the there's a part of like I think it's like a hundred or hundred and fifty meters to go. It's n- it's pretty close. The Germans are now putting out their like absolute best they can. They're just creeping a little bit onto um, Ireland, and it's like it's starting to look like maybe Germany can win this race. And Paul looks across, and, and you can actually see the process. Like cool, we might not win this race. I need to go that little bit more, and you just see the boat change speed. And just get that a little bit to to make sure that they win. Like he actually, it's like a conscious decision of like right in the sprint, already on the limit. We need more. But but I think as if we go through the Olympic cycle, because that's where your question found it. Like they rode the last games and it wasn't pretty. And I think they have a reputation of not rowing super smooth and being like yeah, not, it's not pretty. It's not, not pretty. <laughs> but if you if you actually like look at it again, 
compared to where it was, I think it is so much prettier and like so much better than it used to be. So oh, I think I they've got a lot of residual like hate for how they row. That poor holding the handle. Oh no, that's too much. On the, not even at the end of the handle. So, like, so any of the listeners go and find a picture of him holding the oars in the middle of the race. He holds him at the bottom of the handle. Yeah, so it's like ridiculous. his thumb is not on the, on the top and like holding his hand. I mean, What's the point of even setting his freaking oars if he's going to hold them? I wonder if they set it like an extra three yeah. centimeters long for him. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say here is, is uh, you know, James, how does it feel having watching your world best time getting taken? Oh, Jake, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> also, no. by point zero three. Oh, oh, it's going on, point zero three. So it was a good seven years while it lasted. But um, holy shit, it's no. been seven years. Yeah, I believe it's been seven years since that record went. Um, and I just think it took a typhoon for someone to come after that record. So, you know, but good on them. Um, I think they had like an amazing paddle and they could have quite easily like tapped off in the semifinal. They were relatively comfy. And it just yeah. shows like if they had someone next to them, they were going another second faster than yeah. that. They and were a class act and man, they deserve it. So it's what we wanted to see. You know, sure. it's what we want to see in the sport is think pushing the boundaries, going that little bit quicker. You know, it's, it's tough when the records actually don't go. When the records are so good, like women suck skull. No one ever comes anywhere near that would get records. So Men's it's like as well. Um, it's really tough. There's to no doubt they are the fastest yeah. double. Like they were faster than Johnny and I were at that stage. Cause they they put together like an amazing and an amazing campaign, and they deserve to leave the campaign as Olympic champions and as world record holders. Yeah. So, so wild guys. Going on, do you guys who else uh, did the double medal Rio to to London that stands out for you? Well, I mean the big one that that stands out, and this is of absolute. He this this guy is now cemented himself here. It's Hamish Bond, the oh. king, the king. There are lots of double gold, medals in there as well, though. The gold medal at Rio, hands down. Now he is the best rower of all time. For sure, I all think it's time. not. That's quite a big bomb to drop out there. No, Jake. he is. You cannot tell me he's not the best rower of all time from doing. Well, depends. I mean, what like he did in the pair. Redgrave won five gold medals. No, 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 no. No, five no, 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 golds, no. Jakey. I know he did five run five golds. golds, but that's just that means Six that he's medals. he's got an incredible longevity. But Hamish has won three golds. Yes, three, but, <laughs> three, Jake. Can you? I know you're not a numbers guy, but can you count three or five? <laughs> Which three one's bigger, medals, boy? The three gold medals. It's not the quantity here. It's the fact that firstly, in the pair, he was untouchable in the pair. He took the record from Redgrave. Firstly, so the Redgrave did row the same event as Hamish, and Hamish is faster. He said the guy was wearing a three-stay rigger. Yeah. Like, with they slid ribs and boats, boys. ways, dude. This guy is the best. There's no doubt. He, <laughs> he done undefeated in the men's pair. Everyone knows about his men's pair record. But then, takes a couple of years off, does the cycling thing, comes back to rowing. Instead of, you know, instead of trying to go back in the men's pair, or he goes into a boat, right? The men's uh, New Zealand age, who has had glimpses of greatness, but it's not like an established medal-winning crew. He goes into that boat... He sticks it out there. Obviously, they have a disappointing Dude, 2019. They've had, no re they've had no results. They stick it out yeah, there. They've won results this whole Olympic cycle. That goes and wins a gold medal again at the 2020 They didn't even qualify in 2019. The balls. The balls of New Zealand no. rowing is just... They are, they are weighty. They are these guys. How did they go from... Saying, I mean, having a world, they came second in the men's pair in 2019. You know, that's a class crew. And they said this year, we don't give a shit. We are going for the eight. We believe we can win it. One we're goal, putting baby. all of our chips into this little pool. And we're going to see what we do against Titans, GB, Titans. Germany. Uh, Germany. 
USA. I mean, these are c- countries that have won the eight many times, and they are to put their all their chips in that basket, and then deliver. Oh, but my uh, mind is blown. But it's like it's not like they'd never done it, and they were being like floating around, and they took like a great four and a great pair and pulled those boats in to make an amazing eight. Like they've tried that back like through the last two Olympic cycles. Like every now and then they've like flirted with the eights idea, and then when the pressure really came with no results, not even like well let's try it at the in twenty nineteen qualifications, and then we'll go back to the safe bets, man. All the chips, one goal in there, yeah, and it was a it's a different race, ace race than we've seen in the past. Like 2016 Rio GB were up by 1k, and then you know in, in London Germany also super dominant. German, I mean, and New Zealand was almost level. I think there were three boats that were pretty close at the the 1k's. Them the uh, Germans, and then I think the who was right on the end. Anyway, then the third 500 in an eight. They literally took half a boat length in 500 meters. And you know, people that have watched eight, you know how hard it is to turn, turn that boat. They took they like took a it. Kiwi style, like they a took Kiwi, Kiwi middle Kiwi style, third 500. They took it and then the crews came yeah, back with them in the last 500. I but can't wait come. to have some of those guys on our show and to talk about what has how they got that so right. But what I loved is when they got on the podium and when they crossed the line and stuff, there was no like... Yeah, for sure. It's his third Olympic gold medal. And like, he is a massive, and even when the camera crew is like filming it, they're like definitely focusing more on him than anything else. It's one of the like stories of the regatta for sure. For sure. But within the team, within them, on the podium, in the boat, like you never got the feeling like he was above the team and like how they handed out the medals and everything. He was just. No, I feel like he took it on like, cool, if we're going to win, I need to be part of. Yeah. Eight yeah. people that need to win, not one. Just one, one of the one team. Person. I mean, yeah. he even he, I mean, to to also take it on, and I mean, you you're the best rower, basically. You you have this huge record in the. According pair. to Jake, the best rower ever. ever, and then he's definitely the best rower currently, for sure. And then to but then to say, cool, I'm happy with sitting in the in the two seat of the eight, and you know, just piling it on in the back. I mean, that's just that is 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 just shows the the class that they they had in there, no. and I mean. It's just insane. Yeah. And how was that to finish our weekend off? Eh? It was just, yeah, just so you know, was, You know, and I missed wild. it. It's the only race of the whole regatta I didn't watch um, live because we were on the plane and we watched, literally the plane was taxiing to take off and we watched Women's 8. And then we had to turn the phone off to, to, to miss the Men's 8. I was so upset. I, I, so I would have been upset. telling that pilot, stop, uh, stop. No, not <laughs> leaving. No one's, no one's fucking leaving here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word what no, it was, uh, a, it was a good performance and you know i think uh you know germany with the silver you could see that they they were a little bit disappointed with that with that silver there yeah but for sure but still i mean still silver medal no, still no, double still up and i mean you know to although i think for them you know now that two silvers rio silver and silver here you know that that makes it a little bit more harder to to take because you know you you you've put it all out there and you've done the, the double silver i mean Going from someone who got a silver in, in Rio and then nothing here, or take the the two silvers with open arms, but yeah. you know the it's still always going to be, you're always going to want the gold. Yeah, but sure, th- those guys didn't come back for like if if they look yeah. why they came back for another cycle. Yes, they didn't come back yeah. for another cycle for silver and and they clearly got the thousand yard stare. But you start seeing photos on social media the next day and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's there's just an image of, of I think it's their stroke, Hannes yeah. Hannes and Hamish, um, and they clearly chuffed at that yeah. stage. It's clearly just that it was raw sure. emotion on, uh, on the podium. I get it, but they were super big the, there. So the n- other one we have to talk about, and I mean Jake, you you say how. Hamish is so clearly the best. What about Sinkovich brothers? 
yeah. I he, mean, these guys double up gold to Olympic Games in two different boat classes, not even the same, like, uh, sculling and sweep. I mean... How is that? And it's the third Olympic uh, medal. They've got three Olympic. Uh, they got the silver in London in the quad, then the gold in the double, then the gold in the pair. I mean, they've they've entered the goat conversation. Yeah, they've definitely entered the goat conversation, especially for the fact that they they've done it in three different boat classes and, and across discipline too. And you know, be Were so they gold good, in the quad. Be so no, good silver. to silver in the quad to, yeah. uh, to 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 break the record in 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 in. Amsterdam in the double, and then for no one to be able to break it here, you know that's. Ah, oh, <laughs> shots fired, boy! Shots fired. <laughs> if, if the, in the when was it the semi final? Yeah. If the, the if French, French caught the crab. crab, was it the semi final yeah, or the final? That was the semi final. The they French didn't catch caught a crab. The, the little crab. That thing would have gone, boy. I think they went. The first semi minutes. went six, uh, like high six minutes, six like six zero zero eight or whatever, and then the French were clearly going under, and then uh, little mistake, and then they went six flat basically but let's i mean we 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 touching on two events here but definitely let's dig into the men's pay here i think the sinkovichs are definitely now in the the greatest of all time conversations especially you know as a crew and the the fact that they've they've been able to perform for now it's close to when if, you know they they were rowing in the quad in like 20 2009 2010 now it's past 10 years where they've been literally on the forefront of uh, world rowing and in, in different events, I mean, it's it's absolutely spectacular. And like, after speaking to the Sinkoviches and following them on social media, what greater ambassadors of the sport to be able to do a win, another win in the men's pair? You know, those guys are absolute, you know, you know they, they, they're cut from a different kind of material. They're always like, I can't believe their mindset. They, you know, they're always happy with results. I've never seen them once when they, when they got beaten in the pair. They never, ever said any sort of excuse they always said well done to the opposition yeah. on having a good race no absolute legend and also the just the the way that they took on the pair the cycle you know they got in the pair they struggled yeah i was about lot. to say exactly the same like thing it was not it wasn't all their way Mm-mm. and like they lost a lot of races they rode you could see they were struggling like they knew the double like the back of their hand and then the pair was just like this foreign feeling it really that didn't feel great and like you could see they're struggling and then just slowly just better and better each regatta improving the rowing and then being able to come on the rough day hey on a rough regatta where the the crews that were you know a little bit under pressure on the technical side were getting punished mm. managed to deliver execute the, the the good race in the race to to win and they definitely made this this last year i feel like they definitely they made that pair their own i feel like when they started they were trying to row the pair like the double mm. and it took them a long time to like really get the like the lankiness of the f- of the pair versus the double, and it's like it's just uh, after the first year of watching them in the pair, I was like, these guys are going to go back to the safe bet. Same idea as like New Zealand, you know, like this, this there were safer bets. They could have split like New Zealand. They could have split the pot. These guys could have gone back to that double, and they would have been power. And like to, if they if they hadn't won, people would have then said, why haven't you gone back? Why you 100%. should have gone back to the double. Yeah. So like that's risk. I mean that's a lot of risk to put and on. And what I liked is how they like molded that. Car. They like slowly learned the boat, and it wasn't easy at first. And they just learned the like finesse of the boat, and like slowly, slowly came. And like by the time they get to, as you say, like tough conditions, and they're finessing that boat down the track, they're looking much more at home in it. Um, they still don't. I still get the feeling they'd be able to jump back in the double and get back into that rhythm like much faster. Yeah. When I watch them, I still think like. I think these guys would be like better in the double, but it's amazing what they're doing in the pit. I, I mean, that just goes to show if you could say something like that and they stole the champions, that just shows how yeah. flipping, how good they are. 
classy. And I mean, looking at like the the other medalists in the in the men's pair, I think Romania won one fantastic performance. That pair has been yeah, Romania had a great regatta. They had a really good regatta, and like the that pair has been cooking for a while. You know that they did really well, and then also bronze medal Denmark coming through second at late qualifications, coming away with a bronze medal. You know that's that is fantastic. I know you know one of the rowers. I'm not quite sure uh, who now, but he was he was involved in like the Danish four. You could see early in the cycle those guys were trying to you know really develop that four, and then obviously it didn't quite work out. And then to you know put these guys together in a pair, go through late qualifications, which just goes to show the quality at late qualifications. Then come away with the bronze medal, a stacked in again in a stacked uh, stacked event. It is yeah a really good performance. Yeah. Can we talk about someone who's not a back to back medalist, but it's definitely like should have been and is like amazing. Emma Twig. Oh. oh, guys, finally. I thought you were going to say someone else that we'll speak about next, but Emma. Yes. <laughs> like, Dude. yes. And did not put a foot wrong the whole regatta. Oh. I don't think she had one bad stroke between all her races. Oh, just finally. And also to beat the Russian who had all that doubt and like, you know, if people were a little bit suspicious and upset about, you know, going going forward, going into that uh, that race, it was a bit, you know... Uh, we thought that she was just going to walk away with the, the win and, and leave everyone else batting for, for silver. And then Emma just came out, put it out there. You know, finally, she had so many disappointments. When we had her on the show, it was, you know, it was tough hearing her talk about it, like how many times she's put herself out there and then just made, you know, a mistake or, or, or had some bad luck and then uh, missed out on, the, on the, the result. And now to just come away with the gold, I feel like that must yeah. make her whole career every decision she made worth it to come here and get the gold. 100%. And I feel like, you know, if you look at all the rowers out there that that have, have been at the forefront of like the, the, the rowing world that don't have Olympic medal, you know, Emma Twig, watching her perform in that A final and wins, winning it in a dominant fashion, I think is just, you know, it's, she crossed that line and you could just see that, holy shit, it's now, you know, you it's finally, it looks like she's just had this massive sense of relief that finally... I have this medal as a, almost a validation, not that she needed it as a vid- validation as her as an athlete, but just as a rower. Mm. You know, it's almost like she was You say she had relief. I think the whole rowing world whole had relief. World I was screaming. <laughs> I was watching the race and I was screaming on the back like, come on. I don't no, think there were anyone like upset with that win other than the people who lost the medal themselves. Like that was just like class, class act. And I think she might be the biggest name currently in our sport to not have... To not have an Olympic medal. Yeah, I mean, right. I, don't, I can't think of anyone else even vaguely close no, to her, you know, like the level of recognition and like the level of results versus no I medal. Even, I even remember when we had her on the show and we were going through the results. And I actually, like, I was surprised when I went through the results. I was like, oh, she doesn't have the, the, the Olympic medal. I was like, almost like a bit taken aback because, you know, you know her so well. Everyone, I mean, she's like and she's a been, rowing name. And she's been in the single like the whole time. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. So I just think so awesome. Has but she raced so internationally in anything other than a single? I don't know. No, because even as so. an under 23, she rose. Yeah, I she think she's a pure single scholar. Really. On the same event, another person that's fantastic to see on the podium in the same event was Magdalena Lobnik of Austria. Yeah. Like she has been, she's been fighting in she the women's skull for a while and she's had I know she got sick early in the season I don't know if it was COVID or not COVID I think it was but she had a fantastic performance again going through the ranks and then for her to get that bronze medal after so many years of rowing and, and being in that event was also a flipping good thing to mm. see 
And then I think another uh, a tough one was Sunita. Oh, oh. You know, uh, uh, honestly, I, I cried a few times this regatta, and this was I did the, this was so upsetting. Yeah, I it I was feel really bad for Sunita there. You know, and you know the the Irish they they just had good results. You know, women's uh, four in the light men's double, but the men's heavy double, and then Sunita just looked kind of a little bit similar to to us. Like we just something had gone wrong, and we just couldn't put down the the stuff on the day and that's what it looked like for her she's coming yeah. out the block she's a bit down she, you know you're expecting her to move back and she's just not managing to to change speed and, and get out there and so that was just brutal you know three olympic games three b finals going in as world champion you know oh no no it was, it was, was heartbreaking you know for me it's it's also like she's really been flying the flag high for uh for irish rowing these last couple of years especially the women's side it's it's kind of like it seems like you know she's really paving the way you know for the um for the, for the women and and just you know as a, a country that you know has definitely had a huge resurgence in rowing these last four years like she was definitely on the forefront like keeping those performances like you know pushing the boundaries you always need people in 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 institutions and and countries you know they have to push the boundaries first so, so others can see what is possible and she's really been out there doing it and yeah, I mean, for me, I'd as on a, on a like on a partial, not not on an impartial level, but personally, I was really she would had my support for the women's single skulls, and to see her in the beef not make it through was flippant devastating. Like imagine we could have watched her and Emma go neck yeah. and neck oh to man. the line, that would have been oh, insanely been good. More insane, yeah. Yeah, but so it, I mean, it just I mean, we're having a conversation on how brutal the Olympics is. Like you have to be on your game. It's it's a tough tough sport. Oh, it's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the negative side of the games is just too much, man. And and I mean, we were speaking about this earlier where, you know, all, everyone has put everything everything in and the people that have got to the games, I mean, you think how many people we left that didn't make it even to the games. Think of all the tears you have in late qualification of people just missing out there. Then you get to the games and now everyone has poured in that little bit extra. And now to, for those people, I mean, there's way more people that are crying, that are upset after the, this regatta than the people that are happy. Because there are people even on the podium that are unhappy with their result. Mm. So the, you know, that glory is, you know, it's it's so high up. So it's a thousand, it's five hundred and sixty odd men and five hundred and sixty odd ladies. Is that right? Or was it five sixty total? Uh, it's it's equal. Yeah, I know no, it's, it's equal, equal. I don't know what the total is. No, it must be no, it must be five sixty each. Five sixty each. No, five sixty total. Five sixty total. You think how small that number is in our sport? Yeah. Like a, a big world champs is like knocking on. Like two thousand yeah. people, like that just shows you it's only a quarter. And then the amount of people who don't get to world champs, and the amount of people like yeah. the heartbreak every no, it's, step it's of the people who never got selected to go to late qualifiers, the people who never got selected, like it's it's endless. So another classy race that we need to talk about. Well, I want to say another classy person because now you you said uh, Emma got the, the not, didn't double double it up, but got the medal. And someone else who we need to talk about is. Sir Olaf Tufta. Sir Olaf Tufta. That's because the you know, yes, he didn't get the medal. It was so it was heartbreaking again to see someone like that in the in the B final. But what an absolute legend! Yeah. Seven Olympic Games. We looked at this. So this is the most mind blowing stat that I saw from this Olympic Games. So Olaf has rode seven Olympic Games. There have only been twenty eight modern Olympics. So that's since 1998, uh, 1898. 
uh, rowing was was it wasn't in the first one. So oh, so he's even, even better. And the f- rowing was on the nineteen hundred game. So he's and so so he there wasn't a, a rowing at one of them, and he's been at seven out of twenty. So there's twenty nine, uh, twenty eight. So he's been at seven out of twenty seven. But that means he's been at twenty five percent of the modern Olympic games. He's done a quarter of them. Yeah, that's crazy. No, and he's medaled at a lot of them. He's medaled at, he didn't medal at his first one, he didn't medal at, at this lo- one. Well, I, I won't say <laughs> his last London. one because Olaf Tufta doesn't have a last <laughs> Olympics. Yeah. His, he, he also, he didn't, he didn't medal London, but that's besides the point. Yeah. He is, you know, an absolute, um, again, I said ambassador, this guy is a, is ambassador, but I think, you know, he I mean is the father of rowing, basically. He's the father, gra- the father, you know, all-encompassing <laughs> people's <laughs> champion. I, I, I was like, I raced for like 11 years and he was like, uh, uh, already, he yeah. was already when I arrived. He was like when I was light. He was the first row I ever put up on my wall. I remember that. Like Olaf Tufte after he won the single, I was like, this guy's an animal. Well, if you, uh, and like when I left, he's done another whole Olympic cycle. Well, if you think about it, seven Olympic games, four years apiece. This one is even five. That's what twenty-eight years. Oh, madness. That's older than most of the people at the games. <laughs> Dude, it's definitely first. Dude, I'm just looking but here. He went to juniors in 1994. That was the year I was born. That's probably when the database started. That's probably not when. <laughs> and no, he was at the games in 96. Absolutely dude. outrageous. So and then, but on top I, I of think it is. Uh, he just lives like such an amazing lifestyle. Of and everyone, all the stories of him is that he's like, even if he's not training for the Olympics, he's just training to be like, mm. just training to be Olaf. And I also think like he's. You can see the ep- impact he's had on Norway. You know, like uh, having. Uh, there, you know, in the single again, you know, winning medals and having, you know, it was it was heartbreaking for the the, the lighty double because they they had that mistake and tipped at the, the hundred meter. They were my pick for the long shot. I, w- I got that wrong. I'm afraid. Listen, I think <laughs> they would have been boxing with Italy for the bronze there, sure. but I mean, they yeah, I mean, still right up at there at the the front. So you know, Norway rowing is, and that's I mean, um, uh, Olaf must have a huge impact on that. I mean, he has a huge impact on nearly all the countries. Yeah. Um, that wrote, you know, everyone's looking at it. He was 45 years old. Yeah. And then, but also talking about the men's quad, I mean, that was insane race as well because, first of all, you had the Dutch who we've spoken about a lot as probably the best crew on the water, best, like, rowing technically the best and and just being able to dish it up, getting put under huge pressure, making a mistake out the start. You know, we we haven't even spoken about the Tokyo Crab. The Tokyo crowd. Yeah, it got a lot of people this time around. And you know, the men's quad was just littered with it. You know, uh, they the Dutch got got recorded right out the blocks. So they were, you know, it showed them they were in the mix. Next shot, they like hop a length back. Like shit, what just happened? And your there? adrenaline is if you're in the crew, your adrenaline goes it spikes as you're trying to settle. Man, it's a then hard time to, to be able in. to hit the composure and to hit your rowing again and come back and execute the the win is that's just insane. It's yeah. really, it shows the class of the crew, but also Italy taking the race, like going for it, classic Italian style, laying all the cards out through the middle of the race, hitting the front and then catching the absolute boat stopper was also really tough to watch because yeah. I think they could have won that. Uh, they were they were like, you know, at that part of the race, you know, coming into 800 meters to go, putting yourself in first place is kind of... Where you want to do yeah, it? That's where you want to do it, and then to to make the mistake and and miss it. And I mean, it was really really tough. And apparently, they were having a basically a punch up almost on the jetty after the Ru- race. Holy the crew, shit. 
the crew was the, ice. the Italians. I mean, classic. Oh, typical Italian. I mean, the passion and I can the, understand that though. Thing. I mean, the yes, coaches had to like break shit up you and like the crap. Oh, it was the three well, man. It was um, the three man caught one and then like I don't know. It, it, it was such a bad one. It was such man. a bad one. It was the, the whole boat was under on the side. The rigger, the, the rigger went into the. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, the reverse wing went into the water. Look, it, it, that's a shocker. But I mean, going back to results, also I think a crew that. You know, there have been a lot of crews here that have had performances and I think uh, that have been working really hard for that medal. And in the men's squad, GB, with the silver medal there, you know, that, that, that team in the, in the men's squad, you know, they've been working hard at it. And they've been, you know, they've always been up there in the A-final and, and punching with the best to come away with the silver medal here. It's a huge performance from them. I, I believe that's their first quad medal of for GB men, which is massive when you think about the powerhouse of that system yeah. and the amount they've put into that over the years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, we can definitely talk about it. I mean, the the GB did not have a good regatta. But that's. I mean, that's one of our notes here on our thing is that a lot uh, big the big nations like Germany as well. But yeah, GB did not have a good regatta. Uh, so did Germany and um, USA and USA. So USA didn't. It's the first time they've ever not won a medal at the games in rowing. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. My question on GB is: Do you think they didn't have a? Of course, they haven't had a good regatta when you compare Olympic performance to Olympic performance. But if you go back and compare them to like 2019 and 2018, I feel like they've been progressing really well through the Olympic cycle. But we got to grasp that men's sweeple had one athlete back. I saw that. Uh, saw someone talking on that. Yeah, so if you bring one athlete back from Rio, and you get an a medal in the eight, like that's pretty powerhouse. Eh? You put yeah, seven I, new athletes to the table and you leave with a medal. Yeah, yeah. obviously this, this what we're talking about now is like anyone that's on Twitter and stuff can see there's a whole lot of tabloid nonsense going around in like the GB rowing system. And, you know, obviously we want to talk about it here, but like, I think it's, you know, b- big respect to all the athletes, I think for on the, on the, on the GB team, you know, they've been, they've been doing really good stuff for rowing as a whole and uh, been a huge part of the conversation. And, I think, like James said, there was a huge change of guard after 2016. A lot of names uh, decided to retire. And like, if that happens, if you lose all of your, your big guns that have been paving the way for the youngsters and suddenly there's a huge change of it, it's got to be incredibly difficult no matter what the system is. And like, you know, obviously the change of co- coach, that doesn't help either. And then the extra the year of COVID. And I mean, it really, of COVID. it really looks, when you look at it on paper, that these big countries, when you... Um, uh, Sorry, Germany, USA, and and GB, they struggled through COVID. They, you know, the big s- team, you know, it's hard to, you know, change and adapt and, and kind of pivot quickly when there's, you know, lockdowns and uh, your athletes can't move around or, or train or, you know, like I think when you have so many athletes and, and such a big system, it's really hard to keep that ship steering. And you see these small countries uh, that managed to kind of, maybe they just coped with the, the, the drama of the whole COVID thing really well. And I mean, also you see the top of the medals, the rowing medals at the games, New Zealand and Australia. And these are the two countries who coped with COVID the best, had the least yeah, COVID in their country, true. had the, true. you know, these athletes. Society was like normal. Yeah, like they, they had like lockdowns in areas and, you know, it was very different there in, in, in their country. I and mean, we didn't see these guys race. They hardly even travel to Europe. I mean, barely. They just flew in and out for late qualification. And, you know, they stuck in their bubble and they, they stuck there and it's it's paid off big for them. And, you know, but with these big countries missing out the, the results, what you see on the sheet is a huge spread of medals. You know, there are 14 medals at the Olympic Games uh, for rowing, uh, gold medals. 
and there are 12 or uh, 11 countries that shared gold medals that's that's crazy i mean overall there's 17 countries that medaled that's probably the the most diverse it's, it's ever been and then that's really good for our sport too no i think it can be even more because uh, there can be more people that have uh, bronze but yes it's that's crazy that is wild so i think it just shows like that's why those big guys aren't leaving with a, a handful of medals, a handful of golds, like your GBs. And it's just three golds gets you to the top of the table. Like, okay, okay agreed, just three. But three golds gets you to the top of the table. It's not, and this, this I, I don't not, think it was like that. Winning, rowing, getting the medals and rowing, it's fuck, it's a. Uh, it's it's tough. You can't just double. I mean, you know, you I was about to ask. I was about to say we need to talk. We need to talk about carrying. I was going to say this is just a perfect segue into uh, the, the 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 woman's side where they were doubling up results, and we got to speak about Carrie and Grace. I mean, first of all, can we talk about the race we never got to see before we get onto them? We never got to see Carrie and Grace race the Australians. Man, I'm upset. Fuck. So upset. I want them to go back. They're all going back to New Zealand, Australia anyway. Line it up. Put those two boats next to each other. Let's see it. I mean, we're talking about crews that didn't make it through the semis. I mean, that, that, that Aussie pair. But, so, I mean, so when you look at it, though, it's, it sounds crazy. And they were like, oh, that's such a mistake. They should never have done that. But Australia, this is a purely tactical decision. So you have these two girls who are arguably the best. You know, them versus Kerry and Grace and Grace now the champions, but it's it's tight between them. That's the the top two, uh, the top four women in in women's rowing at the moment. And now you take them, and the Australians they all doubled up in the pair in the eight in 2019. And Kerry and Grace got the win in the eight and the win in the pair. But Australia way off the pace in the eight, so doubling those goals up is didn't wasn't going to uh, obviously affect their eight enough to to put them in the front so they made the gamble to go for the four in that pair which was much harder because your racing is like Close. stacked in it in in with itself you know like in the in the eight if you race the eight you, you you race your pair heat which would be if you're that good should be fairly straightforward then you race the eight heat which is going to be big because you want to get the win and get straight through then you don't have to think about the eight again until the final you can focus on the pair you can race the pair the semi, the semi and the yeah. final and you can put it all out there where's the woman in the four, they had to go into the four final and then two hours later race the women's four. I mean, wait, race the pair semi. And you can then see how much it affects you doubling up. For mm. sure. Like, they never, like, it's, they it was the harder route to go. But I think the fact that they split, the fact that they didn't both do the eight and the pair or both do the four and the pair gave them the chance of those top four women, arguably, the top four women in sweep rank, all, all four of them got to leave with a gold. Yes. So, yeah. yes, you, you say, like, arguably they shouldn't have done it that way, but they still, it, well, they still, still got Olympic champions. They're still Olympic champions, yeah. Both decisions resulted right, in leaving with a right gold decision. And yeah. if they'd only raced the pair, they have a good chance then that they came away with one silver. 100%. So, you know, they gave themselves a the best shot, I feel. Yeah, and yeah. they did make the right decision. And I mean, just so hardcore to double up at the games. For me, when I, when I think about it, like, do, if I had to do it myself, impossible yeah impossible i mean it's been ages like i know kim brennan did it and then it's been ages since the the era of the the romanians that we've seen yeah like elizabeth leaper like just doubling up but and it, being. It, i think it also dominating. shows you that the women's rowing the the like the the quality of the like the depth of the fields are they're definitely bunching up but there's definitely starting to be a lot more 
countries that are delivering good results. And there you see Aust- uh, Australia coming in a little bit under pressure from racing in the four, not making it through in the final. Yeah, I just wish we could argue, like move away of getting like more people doubling up. Like, why? How do we get the men to start doubling up between the eight? Like, just the mm. top guys jumping in the I eight as well. I think it's, it's just too hard. hard. No, it's I agree, hard. and, I, and you have to be so good. I mean, these the, the, these women we're speaking about are. I mean, they could they arguably the best athletes at the. I feel like a Kiwi men's pair could have done it. They could have done it if they had a New Zealand eight. The thing that worked out for Grace and Kerry is that they had a a, a New Zealand women's eight that was pumping fast. So you can. If the New Zealand men's eight was as good as it is now in 2016 and you had Hamish and Eric, dude, why? No, 100%. Do you think think Kerry and Grace, if they'd only raced the eight, they would have won the eight? That's the question. That's the one that's going to burn you because then New Zealand could have had the double men eight. and women's gender equality. How's that? Eh? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Um, but I still, I mean, no, it's I just, so. I mean, it's phenomenal. And I mean, we're talking about the the greatest, and you know, you're saying the Sinkoviches and and um, and Hamish, Kerry and Grace and Annabelle and um, are definitely getting are there. They're in the top, especially I mean, especially Kerry and Grace. I mean, it's they they. You know what's fantastic? They missed out. Athlete. They missed out on selection in Rio for the pair. Yeah. As well, they missed that selection battle for the pair, and then now they've uh, they've got the set the world's best time in their, both the their bo- women's pair and the women's four. Their results from this Olympic cycle are insane. Yeah, insane. You know, twi- just look at 2019 in here. 2019 gold in the ma- women's pair, gold in the women's eight. 2021 Olympic Games, gold in the women's pair, silver in the women's eight. Madness. I mean, that's two regattas and four monstrous, monstrous results. No, they're, they're definitely there. And then I think moving on, just going to the women's, the women's eight, what a performance from Canada. Shit. They really went out there, took the race by the scruff of the neck, put themselves as a leader from the beginning and stayed there the whole way through. They looked like they were going to win the whole way. Like the right from the beginning, they through. looked, and I kept thinking, like, okay, they're going to like start to lose form. Like, but like right now, they look like they're going to win. But like, I just couldn't see them banging out a full, um, the, the full six odd minutes that it needed to take, and it just kept on coming. Like it was awesome. It was. It was so insane. And something we actually need to talk about maybe is just the the race course. You know, it was really windy. This crosswind with a lot of crews and really made the the racing difficult to see and i think there there were times where i thought the course was not the fairest uh but you know it's olympic games we know that these courses are not picked for for their you know rowing um no it's not it's, it's, it's not, not lucerne it's, it's not, not lucerne, the, no. the rotsi but also it i mean you know when uh, especially on that i think by the time the what thursday friday i thought it was fairly even across the field you know people were not there weren't really big upsets on the uh, lanes one and six, you know, but on that Wednesday, that racing was there was a lot of upsets happening from lane one and six. And like we were saying, we were watching earlier when the crosswind is really strong. That lane one, the furthest from the the video, was really getting a good advantage through the the first K. And then as the wind came more tail that day, lane six was struggling in the first K. But if you could sprint in lane six, you were definitely going to go through. I mean, big ones were. Um, uh, the 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 Greek women's pair. I mean, they oh, sprinted yes, from like wild. two lengths down. So I, I mean, you've got to just be. I mean, there is always that luck element. So I'm not saying that the the regatta was made a mistake or you know this is gave us the best racing we'd ever seen. There has never been a semi final crew happier than the Greek women's pair yeah. crossing uh, the line. I mean, they sprinted. With the they wrote, best time. No, you guys need to listen to these numbers. They wrote a one thirty seven last five hundred. 
That must be oh, one. Of, I think shit. that must be the fastest five hundred of all time in a race of a women's pair. In the, the last five hundred, no, in any five hundred, there's no way any other pairs rode a one thirty seven in a race. That's Not disgusting. ever happening. Then on top of that, they broke the record. I mean, Karen, I mean, uh, Karen Grace broke it again in the again in the next semi. race. But in the in the women's pair, when the Greeks had that record, they had the junior world record. The under twenty three world record and the senior women's record in the women's pair, three world records. They, I mean, they only hold it for ten minutes until um, the the New Zealanders got it. I mean, I really to put that, just to Greek put that force that 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 pairs last five hundred time into perspective. So you said it was a one thirty seven. A one thirty three and a half is the woman is the average of the women's fours record. So they would only be three seconds off the women's four. Yeah. Charging down there, I mean, absolutely, this, like that's this ridiculous. Was it was insane? It was so impressive. It was so cool to see them go through. And you know they're so young, so I we. Really, this is a crew. I really hope to see them going. Keep this going. is a crew we are going to see do damage in and the next. I mean, few Greece. Years. We've spoken about the the Scala. He's also a young. He's yeah. twenty four years old. In so an event dominated by veterans of the sport, for sure. So I mean, oh, that was just such a banger. And you know the the. The, we talk about the crab as well and the fairness of the course and lots of people are saying, oh, is it, is, should they have cancelled racing on some of those days? And I mean, obviously there's people that were super upset and, and will always be upset about the, the weather there. But for the general, if you switched on rowing, if you were not a rower and you switched on rowing, you are fucking watching that racing and you're going, this sport is insane. The sport's insane. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you, if you, put, I put on another one, like I put on BMX the other day, I knew nothing about BMX. I watched that the first race. Some guy hits the ground. There's like three people crashing, and I'm like, "My word, this this sport is wild!" And now I'm stuck in, and I'm watching that that whole thing. And I think rowing bought that. Rowing bought some element of just craziness, and you can see the brutality of the sport in the end. And you know how many crews were claimed by that last 250. You know, yeah. watching it there and just seeing these crews coming in and just getting absolutely annihilated, crabs and just pain and disaster happening there made i mean obviously that's brutal for this the sport but you know on the other side crews are getting through and and crews are so happy and yeah. that's what sport is about and it was unbelievable to watch i yeah. think you know going i think going into the going into that that discussion of like crews not quite making it in the in the last 250 and, and kind of and, and and losing it a bit and like this builds off i know you james have spoken a lot about like the mentality of of going for gold and not settling for silver and bronze. And I think one crew that you could see doing that, and we've spoken about uh, the GB system, is the, the the GB4. I think, you know, they, I don't know what quite happened at the end there, you know, the split of steering problem. But again, you know, I, I saw one of their posts, they said, you know, we were going for gold. We were revving as much as we could to catch the Aussies. And they made a mistake. And I think you've spoken about the mentality, rather go for gold and, and you know, finish with the fourth and settle on a, a silver and bronze. And I think you know, big big hats off to you know the GB4. I think it's it's really tough for them not to to finish on the podium. Also, the pressure that they must have been under as well. You know, the GB hasn't lost a four since two thousand and four. So, like you know, to go into that regatta with that kind of weight on your shoulders, I feel like you know each time that record gets longer, that pressure goes up. And yeah, I do. I and feel that's with and it's it's tough for them because I mean, even you know the the gold medal in twenty sixteen, that those those fours that have raced are are guys that have been around for. You know, forever, and have, have are really, really established rowers. 
But like, I feel this like is a new four. This is a new GB four. Everyone's making a huge thing out of it. Like that dynasty of the four mm. is finally over, and it's all playing out on social media like fairly toxically. But the system made the choice to load up the eight. Yeah. The top athletes were in the eight. They left with a medal. Like if were they though? Hard to tell because it's hard they to weren't tell. winning the the Bears but trials and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. you definitely get the feeling that eight was the priority yeah. boat, and I could be wrong with that. Fair enough. But if the eight's the priority boat, you therefore like at yeah. that point you've decided the four is not the priority boat, and it's fine. You can definitely, if your system's good enough, for sure you can still get a medal. But if there's if what everyone else is making out of the four dynasty and the four history and stuff then the federation must back it. If it. But the federation decided to go all in on the eight mm. and the eight was a special so, thing. Talking about the four as well. I mean, we try to decide, dissect this a bit and and the finish of the four, you know, the, the, the British coming into the lane of the Italians. And, you know, I really thought the Italians were getting silver there. They were yeah. sprinting. They rode... They rode a 123 last 500 and the Aussies only rode a 127. And the Romanians, yes, they're good sprinters and they were catching. They were also, it was neck and neck between them all. And then suddenly you have another crew in your lane and you can see the, there's no clash. There's not like big upset there of like boat speed, but you can see the momentum just shift from the Italians. I mean, if you're rowing there, you're fucking looking at this crew that's coming into your lane. And then, but how do you resolve that? Because... If, even if you complain or you say, like, this is unfair, I mean, how how can those crews go back up to the start of race again? I mean, can they even deliver the any anything close to the performance? And then how much does that change the performance of, like, if you race it again, you know, the crew, it's going to be completely different. It's going to be about the crews that can double up a race, not the crews that can dish out the single-time performance. It's so actually a really interesting question. Like, how could you ever how could retrospectively... You correct the results i mean i feel like there is some, in like a final the italians i mean yes they got the bronze they're going to be happy they you know they made the substitution with the covid and they came away with the the bronze but i mean they could have got silver mm. and i mean i think you will well rowing can be safe because i can say you were in third this happened there was no actual touching of the oars and stuff and you stayed in third so you don't lose a place but i mean if you're really watching it you like they they, they were going to get Silver, they could have even beaten the uh, Australians at the end there. The Australians it's not how not you want your last Olympic strokes yeah. to come down so with someone in your lane. And the like Australians and were the, both Romania and Italy were getting were really close and to I Australia. Think, at the and end. I think I think we'll really need to like have a look and see how would that if that had gotten a little bit worse, how would they have then re- solved that problem? Would they race again the next day? Would you race just the medalists, so like just uh, Australia, uh, Romania, and, and Italy? Because I mean, if you race that again, other GB? people, no, Who they would GB get disqualified. Out? You think they disqualified if, for, if, oh yeah, if, if, if they clash and if there was an actual real upset there, they would get disqualified. But then the other three crews, the other two crews that didn't think, they could easily be in the medals if you race that again. I mean, the, uh, first of all, the Australians are cashing everything they have first K to make it in. The Italians are cashing everything they have in the last 500 to make it in. So, I mean, it's just an interesting question of like, how would that, if that was more of an upset and the Italians had complained or there was, you know, more position change, how would they, World Rowing, have, have, have dealt with that? There's probably someone who knows the answer to that, but I don't know if, like, that person would have been the guy in the motorboat behind them. Shit. That's, I, you don't want to be that umpire no. at that stage. It's amazing and how little of that happens. And in then Rome. also the yeah. other thing we were talking about was if, uh, so the change of days did really mess up with a few people. So the Australian woman got uh, a little bit had by the change. And if we were wondering if the New Zealanders hadn't 
they're doubling up uh, Kerry and Grace in the pair in the eight. And if they haven't gone straight through in the they're eight, big trouble. They were their two the their pair semifinal and the eight rep were back to back races. You, so it wasn't possible. You to wouldn't race have even been bottom. able to drive them to the start. No. The no. So how did they? How would that have happened? Would they have changed the? Format? They would have changed it. I think. I think changed the. I format. think they would have considered because when they when they decided to change the racing. Um, there would have been a different co- d- uh, conversation if they if if they. But they didn't change it much for the Aussies. You know, they got screwed there. Uh, yeah, I suppose. So but I think it's, it's like there's a difference of is it possible to get up to the start yes. and it isn't possible. But I also think like I don't think you're allowed to enter the regatta in a combination that doesn't work potentially. Yes. No, but I think they would uh, they would fiddle. They with would it. shuffle it. I have a question, if we can, about like what the what are you looking forward to in the like in the next cycle um, and like. What are the like? What jumps off the page? Like, shit, more racing like this. <laughs> this is what we want. This no, is what, this we, want. Is what we, we want. Have said. I mean, 2019, we finished that regatta, and there was so much to talk about. You know, it wasn't so much upsets and mistakes, but it was racing tooth and nail to the finish line in nearly every single event. And here we got it with so much more. So it mm. was just unbelievable, and that's what we want to see more. No, I, I definitely think, but I, I do want to go back to the men's. Floor. I feel like. <laughs> there's this shit to talk about here. I mean, okay, Australia won, fantastic. You know, I think that's a that's a result that Crew's been work, working for. They they came off the game a bit in 2019, but the Italian four, the 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 replacement of Bruno in the four with Marco because of COVID. That's wild. Crew, a guy jumping. I think lots in. of people don't know that happened. Yeah, a lot of people don't. So Marco the two the two men of the stroke man of the pair, the stroke man of the pair, the Italian pair went into the two seed of the four because the two seed of the four yeah, had Bruno COVID. Rossetti. But first of all, how did that even happen? Because now surely the rest of the four is, is close is contact yeah, close and contact. like, I don't yeah, know no one else get COVID. I mean, like there's no way if my four or someone got COVID that the, the other guy's not getting it. So that just by itself is like, what the hell? That's how crazy. did that happen? How did they still be allowed to go race? I mean, shit, they close contacts and now they're sitting on the podium with the guy next to you and I mean, your chance of spending another two weeks in Tokyo no, is I'm, going I'm up and up and up. So <laughs> I'm glad they did race. I yes. feel like the Italian four, if the, you know, the Italian four really, you know, if you take that four out the equation, he's that's a huge player that you want to be in there. But to add some spice to... Uh, to add some spice to Lawrence's, to Lawrence's point there about like how did the others not get COVID... Like I would feel like they put a tailwind specialist into the boat at that point in conditions that were there. Not like I like don't know, could, but could it just they, seems could, odd. Would they have got that medal with Bruno in? Yo, now we're asking questions. And also Bruno sitting there. I mean, shit, how unlucky. So whatever happened, and I mean, I just we trusted that it was the, what they said. But like you're sitting there now, you have fucking COVID, and you watch your crewmates go and win a freaking bronze medal and now I read a story that he's still getting like as the reserve the same as like swimming in the relay like he's got a medal I saw there's something in the Italian wow. the official Italian um, website I'll, we can share it out we'll share it out but shit I mean how does that I've, I've, yeah, just gut wrenching men's double skulls <laughs> <laughs> we already spoke about the double yeah we spoke about the medal Jakey's got all day here no, I've got all day sorry <laughs> We're really pushing our twenty here. We we need to wrap things up. Okay. What what are we what are we discussing here? You lead the way. I think uh 
just what a freaking epic regatta. What an epic regatta. I mean, as much as I hate it and I never want to ever think about it again, yeah. the racing was amazing and it was no, uh, really good to don't watch. Don't ask me if I went to the Olympics in Tokyo. Don't ask me that question. <laughs> no, I think it was absolutely amazing. I'm so glad we've, we've had it. And I really like, as you say, you're looking for more racing like this. I want to see like some spice from world rowing. I want to see like some format change. Like your brother actually said it to me. Charles Lawrence's brother said it to me. He was like, when we were watching Formula One and they were doing like a short track race to set up qualifications of to set up qualifications to go into the qualification round. Like and Charles said to me, it doesn't matter what World Rowing does. They just need to do something. They need to try something and like it doesn't matter if it's wrong, but now's the time, this next year. Mm. Let's have like a small boat world cup, I don't know, or like you're not allowed to enter the eight unless you, you put four fours on you or do something only like that. Have Three years till the next games. For sure. But so if anything happens, like let's have a different World Cup yeah. structure for one year. And then we go back to what we always done and we can work out over the next three years. That's what I'd love to see. Mm. Cool. So I think we always try and keep these things a little bit shorter. And that does mean that we miss stuff out and we don't talk about stuff. So if you're listening and you are super pissed off that we miss something, like uh, the Irish woman winning their first medal in the women's four. Fuck, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> and, you know, so if you miss stuff and you're upset that we didn't speak about it, hit us up on Instagram, send us a message. We were super happy to hear it. You know, we want to talk about these big points and we want to keep it a little bit short all the time. So that's a wrap from us. That's a wrap. That's and a wrap. guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, go watch the racing again. And yeah. That's it from us. Yeah, thanks a lot. And big shout out to all Patreon supporters out there. Uh, go follow us on social media. If you're interested in Patreon, go have a look there. But yeah, thanks so much for the support. It's been fantastic. Ciao, Thank ciao. you, James. Thanks, James. Ciao, ciao. Sweet route. <laughs>